Jimmy Lai, the founder of Apple Daily, once one of Hong Kong's biggest independent media outlets, is on trial facing charges that could see him spend the rest of his life in prison. He's charged under the national security law, which was passed in response to the 2019 pro-democracy protests. 250 lawyers, activists and protesters have been detained since the law was introduced, and almost all independent media in Hong Kong has been shut down. Jimmy Lai has been in maximum security since December 2020. He's pleaded guilty not guilty, rather, to all charges. His case is widely seen as a test of Hong Kong's judicial independence and it's attracting close international attention. And things are highly charged on the ground too. Hong Kong's South China Morning Post reports that 1,000 police, including members of the counter-terrorism and bomb squads, will be posted outside the West Kowloon Court around the clock for the duration of the three-month trial. Jimmy Lai's son, Sebastian, now lives in Taipei and leads the international campaign for his father's release. His international legal team is led by Keelan Gallagher from Doughty Street Chambers in London, and I spoke with them earlier. Thank you for having us. Hello. Sebastian, your father is not a young man. He's been in prison for three years. Have you seen him in that time? Um, Because of um, our work in advocating for my father's uh, release, um, it, it can be considered a uh, offence under the national security law. And as a result of that, I haven't been able to go back to Hong Kong um, for essentially fear of arrest. Um, I, I guess the more accurate term is that if I, I could go back, but I might not be able to leave again. Okay, so it's you believe it's not safe for you to go back to Hong Kong? Yes, that is correct. Uh, it's just in line with um, how the Hong Kong government have acted over the last three years, you know, arresting people for uh, liking social media posts, for example, uh, that are pro-democracy. The work that I, I do, um, you know, be it speaking to the UN uh, or even doing an interview with you, for example, could very easily fall within the purview of, of uh, national security law. Have you had any access to your father since he was taken into custody in December 2020? So... Um, it, it, it breaks my heart to say, but I haven't, you know, spoken to him in in the last three years. Um, I, you know, I know that he he is uh, 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 keeping strong. You know, knowing that he's he, what he's doing now, he, he you know, he's he's doing the right thing. But um, no, I haven't I haven't been able to speak to him or see him in the last three years. Well, as I mentioned, he's not a young man. I think he's seventy six. How is he holding up? Have you had reports? Yeah, so he's the oldest uh, political prisoner in Hong Kong. Um, it was reported he's in uh, solitary confinement at the moment. Um, look, I think he's mentally a very strong person, and you know he he knows he's given everything uh, in the pursuit of democracy in Hong Kong and, and and for freedom. So I think that keeps him mentally strong. His religion also he's 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 a Catholic, and that keeps him strong as well. But you know nobody really nobody could fight age in the end of the day, and at his age in in, in the maximum security prison, he. Uh, his life is at risk every single day. Sebastian, you're the, the the leading face, I suppose, of the international campaign for the release of your father. How do you keep up with what's going on with him and his case? Are you able to? So I, I, I get the news the same time as everybody does. And and it's just, at, you know, for the trial that's happening at the moment, for example, um, yeah, I, I get the news the same as everybody does. Keelan, what about you? You're leading his international legal team. Do you get access to your client to receive instructions to to, to no. talk about his his defence? No. So disgracefully, no, we don't. So Sebastian can't see his father, hasn't seen his father for three years. And we as the international legal team uh, also don't have direct access to him. And just to put that in context, this is the kind of issue you have to grapple with 
when I've got clients detained in countries like Saudi Arabia, Myanmar, Russia, and Hong Kong, once a bastion of rule of law, open markets in the region, is behaving in the same way as those kinds of countries. Do you have reports or any more detail of what kind of conditions he's being held in? He's being held in solitary confinement and for a gentleman of 76 who's in prison essentially for conspiracy to commit journalism. He's in prison for being a successful businessman who was running a newspaper with messages that the authorities didn't like, holding the authorities to account. And for him to be in solitary confinement for that is disgraceful. Uh, But our main concern is the fact that he's in detention at all. And this week, Four United Nations experts agreed with Sebastian and with the international legal team that what's happening to Jimmy Lai is very flagrant breach of international law and that he should be freed immediately. And this is where you're engaged with his defence in in international forum, is it? You're, you're leading the international team from the UK, but there's another whole set of lawyers running the case in the Hong Kong court. How, how does yes, that that's, work? That's Are right. you engaged with each other at all? So this is something that we routinely do. I mean, on my team, I've got two Australian lawyers and we're used to dealing with situations where people are detained abroad in countries which are not rule of law compliant. I mean, we've had two Australian nationals detained in Egypt in the last number of years, for example. And in those circumstances, your client is not getting a fair trial in the country in which they're detained. This isn't like a client being detained, you know, in a European country, for example, or in Australia. And in those circumstances, as well as the domestic legal team within Hong Kong having to do the best they can in a system which is fundamentally unfair, it's very important that the international community holds China and Hong Kong to account for what's happening because the resolution of this case is not going to happen within Hong Kong. The resolution of the case is going to happen internationally. Uh, Sebastian, Tell us a little bit about your father. I mean, just hours before his arrest, um, I've read that he described himself in a BBC interview as a born rebel. That was the quote. Tell us a bit about him and and his place in the pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong. Yeah, so it's actually quite a beautiful story. My father um, escaped from communist China uh, when he was 12 years old to arrive to Hong Kong, which was a British colony at that point. And he always tells me that though life was tremendously tough at that point, um, he he felt like he was in heaven because in Hong Kong, he knew that he had a future. And for the next decades, um, he became a uh, very successful uh, entrepreneur from from a child laborer. He um, he founded a clothing brand called Giordano, which I, I think is is also in Australia, mm. if I'm not wrong. And um, his his political awakening was in 89 when the Tiananmen Square protests happened. When the protests first happened across China, the pro-democracy protests, he was he was very optimistic. He, he thought that with the freedom um, that he, he had, that had Hong Kong had, at that point, if, if China had those same freedoms, they they would the, the place would blossom. Um, and then the crackdown happened. And when the crackdown happened, he realized that actually those China, China was liberalizing economically. It, it, it wasn't going to liberalize socially. And that led him to uh, found Apple Daily. He, he he knew that a free press was going to be very important as Hong Kong was going to be handed over back to China from the British. Um, and for for the next 30 years or so, he um, campaigned for democracy, ran his newspaper, uh, you know, not being afraid to to criticize the government, to, 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 to really speak truth to power. Um, and... Um, 
you know, he's always had threats. You know, houses were firebombed. Uh, he's he's had a assassination attempt uh, uh, when we were in Taiwan. Uh, uh, someone pinned a, a skinned dog to our door. Um, but 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 he never he never cowed. He he, he always stood firm. Um, and then they passed the national security law, and it was a very deliberate decision of the Hong Kong government to essentially. Uh, um, bypass their legal system, the legal system that made Hong Kong so vibrant, um, to criminalize uh, uh, um, journalism and the work that my father and other other peaceful pro-democracy uh, uh, um, um, protesters were doing. And they arrested him. They sent 500 uh, police officers to raid his uh, to raid Apple Daily to raid the newsroom. 500. Um, yeah, yeah. The first time was second, two hundred, second, and because they didn't close, second time they sent five hundred people. Yeah, and uh, arrested my father's colleagues, and a lot of my father's colleagues and are, 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 are now also in prison. Yeah. Were you there in Hong Kong at the time of his arrest, and did he and you, for that matter, know it was coming? So fortunately for me, I wasn't. In Hong Kong, I was actually sent to, to Taiwan on a business trip, and I was still in quarantine when someone knocked on. My door at five in the morning to tell me that dad had just been arrested and, and, and some of his colleagues have been arrested. You know, I, I always think back on this. Um, um, and I think that, you know, I saw this interview by the BBC uh, that they did of my father in, the, in, in I think it was uh, 1997, uh, right before the handover. And they asked him if he was going to stay in Hong Kong. And, and, and he stops for a bit and he tears up and he says, well, yes, I'm going to stay in Hong Kong because it's my home and, I, and, and, and these are my beliefs. And, and I, 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 I know they are the, the, the right beliefs. So I'm going to stay here and, and, and defend them. And so I think for the next almost 27 years, um, he, he, he's, he's held firm to those. Mm. And at any point, they, they could have arrested him, but he knew that defending democracy and defending freedom was the right thing to do, was the thing that, that the people of Hong Kong deserved, and, and, and therefore he, he stayed. The charges against him are collusion with foreign forces, that's a crime under the new national security law, and also seditious publications. Now, Keelin, perhaps this is one for you, but if if the definition of, of seditious is to persuade others to oppose their government, you know, was the Apple Times, in your view, seditious? Well, one of the difficulties is that here Jimmy Lai is being charged with crimes which essentially criminalise journalism and criminalise dissent. So because it was an opposition newspaper, because it raised concerns about issues like corruption in Beijing's leaders, concerns about human rights crackdown in Tiananmen Square, the erosion of the rule of law in Hong Kong, by its definition, under the national security law and under the way sedition laws are being used... Uh, he is highly likely to be convicted. And indeed, the national security law has a 100% conviction rate so far. But that's not surprising. Amnesty International described the offences as being breathtakingly broad. You know, multiple governments around the world, including Australia, have called for that law to be repealed. And at the moment, that this trial is only going one way. That's why the UN experts this week expressed very grave alarm at the multiple and serious violations of his rights to freedom of expression, peaceful assembly and association, his right to a fair trial. And it's not just an impact on his rights, of course. It's an impact on the rights of every single person who dares to be a journalist or dares to speak truth to power in Hong Kong. And ultimately, uh, it's um, a difficulty for all the people of Hong Kong who are entitled to free information and a free press. Some of the witnesses being called by the prosecution, I understand, are people who held senior roles at, at Jimmy Lai's company. They include Chong Kim Hong, the CEO of Apple mm. Daily's parent company. I'm not sure whether this is for you, Sebastian or Keelan, but wh why are they giving evidence against him and what is that evidence? Do you know? 
So the first thing to say is uh, we entirely understand why many individuals have been placed in the invidious position of having to turn state's evidence and give evidence against Jimmy Lai. And that is partly because of the pernicious nature of the national security law itself. The national security law means a risk of life imprisonment once you are convicted of these very vaguely worded crimes. We've already had people who've been threatened for liking posts by Amnesty International, you know, for we've been threatened simply for engaging with the United Nations about our clients' rights, for example. And in that context, when people are threatened with the risk of life imprisonment, are told that some of their loved ones may be at risk of life imprisonment because of WhatsApp messages they've had with them or because of them being aware that their loved one was a journalist or their loved one was a human rights activist, for example. It's not surprising in that environment of total fear that some people decide that they'll do what's best for them and their families and they will try to lessen their sentence. We understand that. Um, but Jimmy Lai is not that kind of person. He has chosen to plead not guilty and he's uh, continuing to defend himself. I should say one of the five witnesses, the star witnesses for the prosecution against him, Andy Lee, um, the Washington Post published just before Christmas a very powerful report by a journalist called Shibani Matani, which followed a one-year investigation which concluded that Andy Lee had been tortured in mainland China and coerced to give evidence against Jimmy Lai. And we have filed in the last number of weeks a very urgent appeal with the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Torture, an Australian, a very brilliant woman, uh, Dr. Alice Edwards. And we have said that this is a violation not only of Andy Lee's rights, but also of Jimmy Lai's. It's a fundamental of international law that evidence procured through torture should not be relied upon. There is no jury in this trial. It's a panel of three judges. Do you... Hand-picked, hand-picked judges. Do you have any expectation, let alone hope, of a, of a free and fair process and outcome? Short answer is no. Within Hong Kong, this process cannot be fair. This is a trial which is taking place under a law which should not exist, as the United Nations has made clear. It is a process which is fundamentally flawed, fundamentally unfair, in a system which has departed a long distance from the rule of law. It's in front of hand-picked national security law judges, and it's in a system where there's a 100% conviction rate. In those circumstances, we do not have confidence in Jimmy Lai receiving a fair trial or there being a fair outcome within Hong Kong. And that's why what the international community, including Australia, does to hold China and Hong Kong to account is so vitally important to ensure that this man is freed. Sebastian, how are you maintaining hope in the face of that reality that Keelan just outlined? Well, um, you know, I think, I think one of the things that give me a lot of hope is, is what my father um, used to say was that, you know, fear is the greatest weapon or the cheapest weapon that um, autocratic regime have on its people. And once you get consumed by that fear, you, 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 you can't do anything anymore. You don't have the agency in your life. Um, so I, I need to maintain hope. I, I need to maintain hope that I'll see my father again one day. And, you know, I'm not going to stop until my father is, is released. Sebastian, Keelan, thank you very much, both of you, for joining us on Sunday Extra. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Sebastian Lai is the son of Hong Kong media mogul Jimmy Lai, who's now on trial in Hong Kong for sedition, and we'll keep you posted on the progress of that trial. And Keelan Gallagher KC from Dowdy Street Chambers is leading his international legal team in London. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.